Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Keys to the city. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know. I crossed up by Kobe. Well, floated Shaq. And then Shaq goes like this. And the rest is history. Pay attention. Don't tell me what to do, devil woman. Speaking of those Lakers. But I, but I, hold on. Hold on. But I didn't make my I didn't make my I said Denver's going to win. Yeah, you did. You said that. There's no other show like that. Clovercrest is doing great things right now. Streaming everywhere. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Drawing About the G-Man D Giants Football Podcast. I'm Big J, joined as always by Joe Aguirre and Sean Scanlon. And, I mean, a lot has happened with free agency all around the NFL. But first, we got to start off talking about the Giants. And, Joe, you weren't here last week, so you, you didn't get to talk about Leonard Williams getting the franchise tag. But he gets re-signed, three years, 63 mil. How do you feel about that? I want to point out two things. Number one, this doesn't make the Giants a better football team after the the, the deal is done, right? I mean, let's be honest. This is just you, – you lost uh, Dalvin Tomlinson. That actually hurts this team. Uh, so great that they locked in Williams. Great that they were able to do the, the long-term deal, if you will. And three years isn't, uh, I think, what anybody thought was going to happen. But it does free up some money. Uh, they went right to adding some depth in John Ross. So uh, I was just reading a short while ago that they're making a big push now for uh, Kenny Galladay. So I'm excited about this. Uh, you know, for anybody who's like Leonard Williams, it, it ain't worth it. Um, did you watch the, the the any games last season? Uh, to me, Leonard Williams proved his worth. He proved that that trade was right. And that that's one of those things that for me, Dave Gettleman kind of feel real good about. Yeah, I mean, he was a star on that defense. But, uh, Sean, Joe brought up the the John Ross acquisition. What do you think of that one year, 2.5 mil? How do you think he will uh, benefit uh, the Giants? Yeah, as long as he stays healthy, um, I didn't really mind the contract at all. I I think it's very good, especially for the cheap. I think there's a lot of high upside there. Um, Obviously, we all know that he's a speedster. Uh, He obviously holds the record for the fastest 40 time ever. And he's another deep threat for Daniel Jones. And we know that Daniel Jones is a a really good deep ball passer. So I think if he can stay healthy, uh, I think it's a, a smart contract. So if it doesn't end up working out, then it's it's just a small contract for two million. But if it does, then you know we have another deep threat. We have another uh, weapon for Daniel Jones. So uh, I thought it was a, a pretty good signing. It's you know pretty low risk and high upside. So uh, I thought it was a pretty smart move by uh, Dave Gettleman. And I know uh, they came out and they're working towards restructuring Nate Solder. I know you said last week how important get, uh, figuring out what they're gonna do with him is. So what do you think? What do you think of that? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it's important. Uh, they, they actually did restructure the contract, so it's going to be uh, four. I think four million dollars less to the cap hit. So I mean, 
I, I think it's smart to have a tackle behind Andrew Thomas and Matt Parrott. Um, obviously, they're two, you know, young guys. Andrew Thomas started all the games last year, and Matt Parrott, he got some playing time, but especially if it doesn't work out in camp, I think you're going to need a veteran back there to, to bring back. So I wasn't, like I stated last week, I wasn't a big fan of the Zeitler cutting because I think uh, I think we, we need a lot of help at guard right now. I think that's probably the weakest spot of this whole line. But uh, I, I think if if we were one, if we were going to pick one or the other and we ended up with Solder, that I, I think it was important to restructure his contract because he couldn't be taking the cap hit that he was supposed to, uh, you know, heading into this year. So uh, I think it was smart to bring him back. But I, I, I do worry about this whole line uh, going forward, though. All right. Now, Zay, we – I mean, there's only been a couple moves. Free agency is still starting up. I mean, we, we aren't done. There's still targets for the Giants going forward. Who do you think is the biggest left with all the acquisitions that have happened so far around the league and then obviously the two ones that the Giants have made already? Uh, I, honestly, I think it's Galladay, like they said. I think the Giants have to find a way to lock up some type of receiver. John Ross is a great – like he's a great addition, a great veteran piece, a great per, a veteran in the locker room, I think. And, he's, and he came on a friendly deal, but he's not going to be a receiver who turns it around. So I think they need to make sure they get um, Galladay and try they, you know, try as much as they can to get him because they need someone who's going to, you know, draw flags and these penalties down the field when necessarily not open because the Giants don't have anybody like that. And the receivers that they do have for the most part are guys on the smaller side. So they also, you know, they also don't, you know, bully um, corners. They don't, you know, fight for the ball as much. They, they, they tend to be more like short um, spot guys and, and, and the tackle type of guys. But the Giants need to get a big big body receiver. And I think Galladay is one of those people they need to go and focus on. Okay. Uh, I'm not mad at that. I, I think a under-the-radar guy that the Giants should be going after is a Kyle Van Noy. He just got cut from the the Dolphins. He, he Schematically, I think he fits in well to get after the quarterback as that outside linebacker. For uh, in a Patrick Graham scheme, and I mean, obviously, he he's familiar with Patrick Graham and uh, Joe Judge at being from uh, New England and uh, the Dolphins. Now, if he were to come to the Giants, it'd be awesome. But uh, now, there's no money. It's part of the issue. Yeah, I mean, he he just got cut. I, we'll see. There, there's still free free agency. Still young. So we, we will see what happens. But now let, let's take a look at the rest of the league, not just the Giants. And, Joe, what's the biggest signing so far that, that has really surprised you? Uh, uh, to me, it's what the Patriots have done. Uh, yeah. They are going to town, and Bill Belichick clearly – not a fan of Tom Brady winning a Super Bowl without him while he struggled along at six and ten. And so he is gonna rebuild that bad boy and probably win that division next season. Uh Cam Newton uh did not want to return, uh, was all but uh decided he would move down south where um I think his his I think he's got a his kid. I, I I'm not I forget exactly the familial situation, but he wanted to be down south. Um, and has decided to come back another year for the Patriots, which tells me uh, he had a combo with Bill. Bill's like, I'm going to load up on some talent, and uh, we're going to make a run. And I know Sean's eyes lit up when I said maybe <laughs> win that division next year. Uh, the Bills and the Dolphins are obviously very good. The Jets have a chance to, well, come in last, yeah, so that's good. Jets, yeah. um, 
I think the you, Patriots, you think man. Corey Davis is the savior. Davis, the they signed some good plays. The Jets made some surprisingly good signs this offseason for the first time. None of these bonehead moves they make in the past. I think that the, the Jets are heading in the right direction. So to say that Tom Burry, the, the, excuse me, that New England is going to just take the division next year, that's a huge, that's a huge statement, Joe. I don't think it's that big of a statement, but uh, listen. It, I mean, it, honestly, there, no, it not, is not, definitely not, competition. You guys, not for competition. nothing, not I, for nothing, not for nothing. They're they are still a little concerned about Tua in Miami, and the, with good reason. Although I I think I think Tua is going to be the biggest stud of all these young quarterbacks. Um, and yeah. I think right now he's shown the least of anybody by a long shot. But so, there is concern about Tua, so that's a, that's a fact. And, what about and Josh that, Allen? Your guy. Josh, your guy. Not sure. Your guy, Josh Allen. Now he's just going to give up the division next year? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, listen. I want to be clear about this. I, I, I didn't say they were going to win the division. I said they could win the division. Now, look, Buffalo's a really good football team. You know, is, is Buffalo going to take it next level or – do, do they level out a little bit? And I think if you're the Patriots, you're investing big and you're hoping that maybe it levels out a little bit, that that they're not like a 12 and 14 next year, and that you could be within striking distance of the division, is what I should say, and that you would at least be in the in the in the in play for a wild card spot. I mean, Bill does not want to be denied, clearly, and it shows. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is what Tom Brady has wanted the Patriots to do all this time, spend the money. He's taking the pay cuts so they could spend the money, and then they have shown – then they were hesitant. But now that Tom's gone and he's had his success with the Bucks, no, yeah, an under-the-radar, yep. Good Emmanuel call, Sanders Trav, for the yeah. Bills. Yeah, that, that's going to be a big one. Uh, yeah, so I that's one more world. one more move in the right direction for Buffalo, Zay. Uh, you know, get that guy some more weapons around him for sure. But they probably really need to look into um, developing a running game. Yeah. That was hugely problematic, so. Yeah, um, I mean, we will see if Zach Moss and Devin Singletary pick up the pace from last year. But, um, I mean, going from the Patriots, you naturally have to go to the Bucks, Super Bowl champs. Sean, what did you think of them? Did they – Pretty much brought back everyone, everyone yeah. that they needed to, right? Yeah, I mean, I they had a great that that was going to be my pick for you know the best move in the uh, free agency was just the Bucks as a whole. Obviously, you know they franchise tag Chris Godwin, their their number two receiver, who is a you know probably one of the best number two receivers in the league, and then obviously bringing back Levante David, him and Devin White are you know probably the best linebacker duo in the league. They're dynamic, and then Shaq Barrett, the best pass rusher. So they really reloaded with everyone and Gronk on top of that. You know they're. Uh, they're good tight end, you know, who showed up in clutch moments. Obviously, he didn't have a, a great receiving season last year, but he had two touchdowns when it mattered most in the Super Bowl. So, I mean, they they bring back that that great core. Um, obviously, Antonio Brown, Leonard Fournette, and Dominican Sue are still out there. But I really wouldn't be surprised if they brought them back too, because I think Jason White, the Bucks general manager, knows what he's doing. Uh, obviously, he's built a lot of talent around there, and they're definitely going to push for that back-to-back. Super Bowl championship, and they're doing all the right moves right now. So I think that they've been the biggest winners uh, so far of this uh, free agency. Zay, who, 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 what's an underrated signing? What's someone that who went somewhere that not a lot of people are talking about, but you think they're going to do pretty well? 
I'm glad you asked me that. I honestly think Jameis Winston signing with the Saints is completely underrated. I mm. think Drew Brees retiring, and if Jameis Winston can find a way to figure out how to get the ball to receivers without turning the ball over so much, he could be the future franchise quarterback of that team. He has won a national championship. He's won at the high school level. He can play this game of football. He just has to learn how to stop turning over the ball. So if Taysom Hill turns out to not be the quarterback that they expect him to be, and Jameis Winston can win that uh, um, win that battle in training camp, I think that right there is a huge signing because now you don't have to go look for another quarterback. You have it at home, and it just makes filling out other pieces around you even easier. I like that one. Jameis is solid. Um, Joe, who lost the most in free agency? Um, the team I, I think that failed the most in free agency in this whole period and everything that's been happening is the Chicago Bears. Whew, yeah. The Chicago Bears, and I don't know how serious things got. I was reading this a little bit earlier, um, made a serious play for Russell Wilson and in doing so missed out on everybody else and then signed Andy Dalton. <laughs> oh, Chicago! Oh, the Cowboys. You said he was great last year. Ah, uh, I was joking. Come on, um, this is this is might be it for. I mean, you got Nick Foles and Andy Dalton now going to battle out for the starting quarterback position on a team that. I mean, this is this shocks me, right? I mean, I grew up with Jim McMahon as their quarterback, and what people forget about Jim McMahon was he was good for like three years, and that was it. The Bears have just honestly never had a good quarterback, and mm -hmm. I'm sure their eyes lit up at the – they never had a good quarterback. I would I, say Cutler was bad. I wouldn't say he was bad. I would Jay say Cutler – okay. He's probably, he's probably their best, honestly. Yeah, he had his you, you, you could argue he's the best quarterback. I would say this, in, in my lifetime – that was the best quarterback the Bears have had. And since I've lived significantly longer than all of you guys, that's really bad. Yeah. That's really bad. Yeah. I mean, if you're talking about the Mount Rushmore of quarterbacks for the Bears, <laughs> Jay Cutler's on it. Sid Luckman. Jim McMahon's on it. Sid Luckman, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah, not I great. Mean, good Lord. It's, it's, there's <laughs> slim pickings, dude. Slim pickings. Mm -hmm. That's, yeah, that's the Bears. Always with a great defense and no quarterback at all. So, I, and it just continues to be the same. But isn't that shocking that over the years, and again, it, it, it wait, Rex Jay Rose Cutler, Rose. again, understand too, Jay Cutler played in an era of where the teams were throwing the football more too. Not as so, well. Not right now. Not like now. Teams not, aren't throwing the ball like not now. Not like, not like now, not but like certainly, now. certainly they were not like lot, they were. But not like they were doing in the 70s and 80s, where especially when Walter Payton was there, it was just give the ball to Walter Payton, and and, and that was basically the, the game plan. So, again, some, uh, some of Cutler's numbers are slightly, you know, elevated just because of the era that he played in. So, again, it makes him maybe their all-time greatest quarterback, but can you imagine going that long? And it's, at no point do you have, like, an all-pro quarterback that emerges any of these guys that you've selected. That is, like, a shocking amount. Again, when I talk about having the right guy, Rex right, like, like in, in a guy like having an Eli Manning, listen, having an Eli Manning, a guy who, I mean, right? Fair point. 
Fair point. Again, would could you compare Cutler to Eli Manning? No, not even close. No, no. Not even close. Not even close. And you're talking about Eli. There's a lot of people like that's not a Hall of Fame quarterback. Jay Cutler can't even hold his jock strap. So that's their best quarterback. Again, it just doesn't speak well for what Chicago's done. And it's shocking that they just can't find the right guy. You would think somebody like Mitchell Trubisky should have been the right guy there. He should have. But it seemed like they were asking for him to do too much. Like you gotta ha- again, we talk about this all the time. You have to have the right guy in the system. Who can do what you want to do? That guy's got to have that skill set. I think Jameis Winston is going to win the starting job in New Orleans over Taysom Hill. We've already seen that that Hill puts up nice numbers, but it takes Kamara out of the game. It's a it's a huge problem yeah. for them. And so, I mean, again, it seems to me that Jameis Winston would be primed to be the guy that could run that offense more like Drew Brees, and thus that seems like that would be the guy I would want starting. He's not terrible. He just throws a lot of turnovers. He still yeah. throws like 30 touchdowns on top of those 24 deceptions and shit. But he's, yeah. he's a good quarterback. He his can, last yeah. year, his last year with the Bucks, he threw for 5,000 yards. And like you and like Zay said, 30 touchdowns. It's just he also threw for 30 interceptions. But I do believe that, you know, the same I think Sean Payton's a great offensive mind. So I, I think he's gonna, you know, somewhat limit the turnovers. And I, I think it's gonna open up the Saints offense more. Um obviously Drew Brees. He, he was only throwing five to maybe 10 yards downfield. He just didn't have the arm strength anymore. So I, I think we're going to see a lot more uh, deep routes from the Saints team. And I think that they're going to be even more explosive than they were with Drew Brees. He used Mariota as an example. I don't even think Mariota is going to be in the league anymore after next year. That was a horrible example. Oh, I didn't. No, I didn't no, ever put on the screen. I didn't see what it said. To, to, to think that they should have took Mariota, Jameis over Mariota is crazy. No, 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 no. no. He's talking about the Bears. Oh, okay, the Bears. I think about the Bears. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, again, and I, I was like, you know, I posted that. Yeah, sorry to confuse you. No, I mean, to <laughs> me, again, Marietta or or Dalton. Really, I mean, geez, if I have to pick one, you know, it'd probably be Marietta, not and not Dalton. But, um, I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't seem like the right fit there, but yeah, I, I I feel bad for the Bears. I mean, they um they came up really short here, and um they got the, the two different wide receivers trying to get out of town. Uh, Anthony Miller, who they want to move, um, mm-hmm. Robinson wants out. So not good, not good. If you're Chicago, this could not have played out any worse. I mean, the 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 coaching ca- uh, the QB carousel spinning, and as it stops, the Bears are like Dalton. Okay, yeah. Uh, Ian Rappaport just tweeted out the Giants have been in talks with uh, Kenny Galladay, and they expect to bring him in for a visit. There is mutual interest. That was three minutes ago. So let's go. He's coming in for a visit. So I mean, oh. that's it's look it's looking good right now. I don't trust it. Oh, maybe that's, something that's, that's Ian Rapper. He's one of the best insiders in the league. Well, I got so, I got him and Schefter's tweets uh, on notifications right now. I need it. I can't Here, can't real quick, you know, that brings up an interesting thing because if they do go with Galladay, if they if they sign Galladay, then what what does that do for the draft? You get a defensive end. You have yeah, you, you get go a past. defensive end you who's supposed to know. Unless you can move your unless you were gonna move your tight end and go get Kyle Pitts. You have to get it to the defensive end because Evan Ingram, he, he, he's either got to go or he's going to stay. It's one of the two with the Giants. They have to make a decision on him. You're going to keep him and figure it out, or you're going to trade him and move on and go get Kyle Pitts. 
and it has to happen before the draft. They can't wait. Is it, it? He's a. I, I think he's a generational tight end. I don't think we'll see another type of tight end like this for a while. He's a Selick type of. Uh, excuse me, Kelsey type of tight end. Excuse me, to me. He's a he's a Kelsey type of tight end. Jumps up, go gets the ball. He's a tall guy. He's a high point catcher. He's someone you have to have. He does everything that Evan Ingram doesn't do. And he also blocks. Evan Ingram cannot block. He is a liability in that for years. You're not wrong, but, I mean, Kyle Pitts has been flying up. I know uh, the Keys have him as number two overall, which uh, – he Yeah, I don't, unfo- I don't think he's going to be there at 11, unfortunately. No. I think no. Jalen Waddle has the best chance to fall. Well, so again, I think that brings up an interesting scenario for the Giants. You know, um, again, it, this is why I say I don't like the mock drafts. People are doing their mock drafts too early. Sure. You can't do the mock drafts till free agency's over because it, it, Trevor Keys and I actually had a funny phone call about this the other day because he was like, "We're going to do our our mock draft," and I was like. And he thought I didn't like when they were doing a mock draft. And I said, no, 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 listen, because when you do like an automated mock draft, you're, you're the computer's like, right? If you got if you're picking for the Giants at eleven and Trevor Lawrence is there, you you would take him, right? It's gonna take the and best I, option, yeah. You you take him. And like, I mean, I've seen people post some of their mock drafts, and it's like, he's not gonna be there at eleven. And it's like, well, he was on the mock I just did. Why? Because the mock's not taking into account anything like free agency or team needs, probably, it, it, you know. Um, so I, I, but I think, look, if you're going to, if you're going to do a mock draft and you're really going to talk about what everybody's going to do and you take into account clearly things like what free agent moves that these teams are going to make, it, it's certainly, oh, stop. By the way, Gary Sanchez. <laughs> Is absolutely murdering it, and so you all look silly at this point. But keep up the jokes. Watch the guy win the MVP like Aaron Judge. And all right, this is a Giants show, not a Yankee show. We don't want to hear that trash. Not a blasphemy show. Get your, you get, your, get your crybaby Red Sox Mets garbage out of here, babies. Anyway, the Giants are in, good, in a good spot here. I'm excited. All right, uh, before we move on, I, I do want to bring up this that yeah. Trevor said. Joe Thune going to the Chiefs. I, yeah. I don't necessarily think that's that great of a signing. You're yeah, losing two to get one. The, you, and then you're losing Fisher and you're losing Swartz. Look at somebody in the draft. They'll get younger. <laughs> but yeah, I mean Tooney's Tooney's a guard. To, He's but, a great guard, but I mean they still need help at tackle, and we saw it in the Super Bowl. I, well, you, when you're the Chiefs, you're lucky enough to not have as much. Uh, as much needs as other teams, so they'll figure it out in the draft. Yeah. Another lineman. It's not but, that. But we saw how badly they needed an offensive line in no, the Super Bowl. They, like, needed they, were good. The ball. <laughs> they didn't need an offensive line. They needed receivers to catch the ball. That's what it was. Well, they needed both. <laughs> You're not wrong. But, uh, all right, let's close the show out with a outstanding topic. Who are your four faces on your Giants, Mount Rushmore, Joe, we've done this on throwing jabs, so I'll let you go first. Uh, yeah, so uh, easily number one is Lawrence Taylor. Uh, he's probably on the NFL's Mount Rushmore, so that's an easy pick. Um, number two, and this was difficult for me because I had to pick the quarterback 
Uh, and I did go with the contemporary Eli Manning. Michael Strahan uh, is definitely, I think, the greatest giant of this current generation and uh, my fourth and final face and one that's often on TV like Mr. Strahan, Tiki Barber. Ooh. All right. I like that. That's solid. That's a solid. You could get a you could, that that almost feels like a millennial picking the Mount Rushmore, but that's how, that's how I was feeling today. You know what I'm saying? Like I was thinking about Harry Carson and some, you know, Leonard Marshall, some some guys like that. And I thought, no, let me freshen it up for the youngsters. What about uh Frank Gifford? I love Frank. <laughs> Little YA tittle. Oh, <laughs> maybe so. I was like, yeah, he Giants, bro. Joe Morrison. That's right. There was a white running back named Joe Morrison about five years before there was one of my all-time favorite New York Giants, Joe Morris, who led the Giants to the 86 Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. This All was right. a tough list, but that's mine. So, Sean, have at it. what's yours? Uh, yeah, mine's basically the same except for the last one. Um, obviously, LT, I think he's the greatest football player of all time, let alone Giants. So uh, he's got to be on there. Eli Manning has to be on there, I think. Um, obviously, led us to two Super Bowls. And I think he has two of the greatest postseason runs of all time in 07 and 11. So I think that uh, he's got to be on there. He was the face of the franchise for the past, you know, the 16 years he was here. Uh, Strahan's on there for me, too. Uh, obviously, he's uh, he has the record for sacks in the season. He won Defensive Player of the Year in 2001. Uh, and he's up there in the all-time sacks list, and he's seven-time Pro Bowler, and he, he went out on top with the Super Bowl. So I think Strahan's got to be on there. And then uh, my switched up for the last one is Harry Carson, who I put on there. He's nine-time Pro Bowler. Uh, he he was part of the Giants' first Super Bowl uh, when they beat the Broncos, and he's part of one of the best linebacking cores of all time with uh, you know Harry Carson, LT, and uh, Carl Banks. So I, I think that he needed to be on there. So that's uh, that's my Mount Rushmore of Giants all time. All right. I like it. Zay? Bro, this is the hardest list ever. You realize that, right? Um, I think it's um, pretty much like this, though. I got LT up there at number one. I got Eli Manning, number two. Number three, obviously, Michael Strahan. But number four, I switched it up. And I chose Antro Roll. And a lot of people wouldn't pick him, wow. but he really was a huge part of that 2011 run. And, and he really held that defense together and really got them going back. And to me, I think Antro Roll should be up there. I don't think he's top four of all time, but I do believe he's one of the great giants, though, of all time. I do say to believe that. All right, so like just, just plain and simple, the, the three are the three. <laughs> it's just who whoever's that fourth. And I went – I love the intro role pick, but I went completely different. Tom Coughlin. We could pick I Coach. Mean, <laughs> he's a giant. Is he not a giant? Was he not a giant when he was coaching? The I guess then I would like go Parcells, and we could have kept well, going. When you're talking about Giants history, you got to talk about the coaches, and right. I, I would love to put Bill Parcells on there, but I, I'd be doing myself a disservice because I, I was not alive during his time as the Giants coach. He wasn't as great as uh, everybody thinks he was. I love. I mean, I love the big tuna. Don't get me wrong. He was. Um, he was the. He he ha he was a guy who had really good guys around him. Uh, and and you saw a lot of them have gone on to great things. Obviously, Bill Belichick being one of them. Yeah. Um, he was a real student of the game. He'd worked under uh Bear Bryant at Alabama. I mean, this guy had, like 
Parcells is part of a much, you know, the, we talk about the Parcells coaching tree. He's part of a coaching tree. Um, he was great. You know, I think having Lawrence Taylor was, uh, you know, if there's a knock on Phil Jackson, it's, you know, what did Phil do with the Knicks? Right. I mean, he had Jordan and Pippen and won a bunch of championships and then he had Kobe and Shaq. Right. You're like the triangle, but does it help to have four of the greatest players of all time doing it as well? Is that the difference between that and when he got to the Knicks? So, again, it's sort of like with Eli where great seasons followed by a lot of mediocrity. And so um, it's it's easy to sort of inflate how great Parcells was. No, yeah, I I, I get it, and I, the reason and John I, Coughlin won as many Super Bowls as Bill did. So no, yeah, less time. And I I would be doing myself and without Lawrence nervous. Taylor. I, I saw all the Tom Coughlin ones. I'd be doing myself. A should have won three. We should have had seven Parcells over there. They yeah. If Plaxico never shot himself, they they should have won the year after. <laughs> Oh my goodness! I hate that we have to say it's that. True. It's true. It's just one of the things you got to live with. That's one thing you learn about being a New York fan. There's some type of embarrassment you have to live with. Whether it's Daniel Jones running and tripping, Mark Sanchez falling into somebody's ass crack. This is <laughs> New York, and this is just what we do. Oh, you remember the Black Cat game? Yeah. Uh, yeah. How about when they? Uh, I was. I was there. He was there. Were you really? I was at the game. Yeah, Giants Cowboys Monday night. I mean, don't don't forget that victory formation was started after the Giants blew oh. a, a handoff to win a game that Herm Edwards scooped up and ran <laughs> in for a game winning score. Deshaun Jackson. If I see that video one more oh time. Oh my dude. goodness! The NFL yeah. loves to post that. Like every hey, Matt Dodge. Broke my hey, Matt, Dodge. Matt Dodge just kicking out of bounds. Just kicking <laughs> out of bounds. Out of bounds. And every time you see it, you want to you want to throw your TV. No matter how many times you see it, you want to throw your TV. It just it feels. I, yeah, I think time. that's easily my worst memory watching the Giants. I was bawling my eyes out after that just was. Pick it out of bounds. It was embarrassing. God. That was an embarrassing yeah, week right. in school. That was a very embarrassing week in school. Yeah, the, 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 that might be next week's topic. What is the the worst Giants moment? Oh, or that might be a topic coming up down the road. I, but, uh, <laughs> I, I know what mine is. I was I was at, uh, at one of the worst games the Giants have ever played and in one of the worst moments, uh, a franchise-changing moment that I'll share when we do that. <laughs> okay. Nice right. team. Team. Like 18 interceptions? You was at that Washington. <laughs> All right. We can have a yeah. list of this. This, is, this could go a while. <laughs> Worst Giants moment. <laughs> this could go. Yeah. All right. We'll see. But uh, thank you guys. Thank you, Joe, Sean, and Zay for joining me. Thank you guys for listening and watching. And we will see you next week for more Jawing About the G Men. Take care. Peace.